three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's nice and warm outside. It is. It's like summer. Late summer. Summer's hanging on. Love it. Well, it got started late, so it's kind of nice. It's going to hang out for a little while. No, I agree. Uh, no pumpkin spice lattes for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, any shout out? I know you have some shout outs. I have one shout out today, and then I'm going to jump into our guest. I'm going to let you go first. Well, I think both of us share, and before we went on air, we kind of share at least my shout out together, mm-hmm. and I'll let you touch on it if you want to as well. Obviously, if uh, you don't live under a rock, you know, today's 9-11. So my shout out is obviously to uh, first responders and everybody who obviously was there at 9-11, lost their lives, friends, family, and those who are still um, serving the armed forces, uh, first responders. It's a, it, it's, it was incredible to me yesterday when I was thinking about it being 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. It always, every year, feels like it was just yesterday. And you could have somebody who was born in 2001 starting college right now, and they would have never been around for 9-11 right it's crazy yeah. it's been 18 years um so that's the only shout out i have today but obviously um being 9-11 my shout out sure. is 9/11 absolutely based. absolutely um so i'm going to second that the work that all those people did um so many lost uh and so many suffering years later with all the after effects from what they inhaled as they were trying to save people uh, just a horrible situation, and uh, yeah, that's it's. I'm gonna. One other thing uh, related to 9/11 is, uh, I think we talked about a friend of mine a month month and a half ago. Her name is Christine Baffa, and she works as an educator at Mario Tocchi. So I saw her this morning, and she asked if I would announce um, at the school that she teaches at in Bridgeview. It's at 7350 West 87th Street. All day, they're open till nine, all day and all evening, they're doing free haircuts for all first responders. Oh, wow. Yes. Shout out, shout out to her for doing that. Absolutely. So again, it's 7350 West 87th Street in Bridgeview. Uh, if you're out in the Southwest, South Southwest West Burbs, uh, stop by and see her. She will, uh, she'll make you look great, and it's free charge. Yeah, she cuts your hair. Look, look how I know. She I know. Cuts I her know. Hair. <laughs> also, um, a very special lady named Fran Statina uh, had surgery yesterday, and she is in the hospital right now, but she's doing well. And uh, just a big shout out to a quick recovery and. Uh, you look great today. You sounded great today. So I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you and uh, look forward to seeing you again probably tomorrow and uh, hopefully wine over the weekend. Yeah, I was going to do that same shout out, but I wanted you to start that shout out. And yeah, then I would sure. second that shout out, not take that one. So for sure. to Maggie's mom, uh, yeah. best wishes on her recovery. Absolutely. And that is it uh, on the shout outs. Remind me, please, at the end of the show to redo the uh, Tricochi address for the first responders so that uh, people can go and get their hair cut. Cool. I just want to make sure to do it again. And we'll put it in the comment section. We can do it right after the show. So if anybody's driving along and you don't listen to it until it's too later to tomorrow, right. until tomorrow, you'll right. see it in the comment section. Indeed. Um, all right, cool. I'm excited to jump into um, our show because our guests and I have been chatting for about 
30, 40 minutes, and I think yes, him and have. I could probably chat for forever and ever. <laughs> um, Sean Jacob, he's the founder and CEO of Yoga 2.0, which is a kick-butt yoga studio here in River North. Sean, I'm not going to butcher what you do at Yoga 2.0. Sure. I'm going to let you tell us about Yoga 2.0 and how you got involved in having a yoga business. Yeah, for sure. I, well, first of all, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show today. Super Thanks excited, so thank you. The whole model of what we're doing at Yoga 2.0 basically came out of all of my frustrations as a daily practitioner. So as you said, the first comment you made, you're like, wait a minute, you do yoga? Like I get that yeah. all the time. I'm 6'5", 250. I don't look like your yogi. No. For, so, those, for those of you who are watching this, he's sitting, <laughs> but we'll take a photo at the end of this with him and I. He's a big guy. He just doesn't look like he does yoga. Yeah, so I had, a, uh, I had a series of converging sort of personal and professional life events, as you'll tell as we go through this. I'm type A, wound as tight as you can get. And a couple of significant things happened to me personally and professionally over about 60 days, which sort of put me over the top. And one of my friends was like, you need to go to yoga. And I played hoops in college. I've always been into fitness, trying to stay in shape, and been to some yoga at some big box gyms and never really got anything out of it. I'm like, yoga's not a workout. So hesitantly, I went to my first class at one of the bigger chains in the country over in the West Loop. I went to a 6 a.m. class, and it completely kicked my butt. And it was the first time since I could remember that I was out of my own head. And all I could do for an hour was focus on not puking and not falling over. And I was immediately hooked, and I started going every day. And I quickly became a very high-maintenance yogi. And one of my biggest frustrations, so all of the the whole model of what Yoga 2.0 brought to the market is all of my frustrations out of my experience as a daily practitioner. And the easiest analogy that I can give to people is, in my experience all over the country and a few places out of the country that I went to for yoga studios, they were more like an LA Fitness or a Crunch. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're wildly successful businesses. But in my mind, there wasn't anything that was an Equinox or an East Bank of Yoga that I had ever been to, and especially in Chicago. So that's what we set out to build, is a very high-end, spa-like locker rooms. We didn't spare a dime on the build-out, attention to detail on everything. So aesthetically, I think we rival any group fitness facility that I've ever been into. From an experiential standpoint, I wanted to fix everything that frustrated me. My first and biggest frustration was lack of quality and consistency of instructors. So you walked into a lot of these other places, and I didn't know if it was that person's second class or their 400th class. Right. And a lot of these studios make a lot of money off of these teacher trainings. And they pump these teachers, charge them three to five grand to go through a training so they're allowed to teach classes, and they're not guaranteed a job. And then if they get to teach, they get paid $30, they have to show up 30 minutes early, they have to check in students, sell mats, waters, and towels, and then stay 30 minutes after class. And they That's get exactly paid, how it is. They get paid 30 bucks. It's 15 bucks an hour. So for me, I wanted to go to a place where I knew every time I walked in, I had an elite level instructor that was leading the experience, no matter what type of class format you were coming into. So I call our instructors the GOAT squad, greatest of all time. Awesome. We don't do any teacher trainings. Every one of our teachers has hundreds of hours of experience or excuse me, hundreds of hours of training and thousands of hours experience leading group fitness. So you walk in and you know you're going to get led by a quality professional. Now, maybe you don't like their style or maybe you don't like their flow, but it's not like it's someone that's learning on the job trying to take you through a right. class. So our instructors, I can confidently say top to bottom rival 
any group fitness place that you've ever been to. I mean, they are really, really high quality. And then as we talked about, I'm a, I'm a business guy. I spent 18 years on the business side of medicine. If we have time, we can get into some of my war stories with that later. But I'm also a business development guy. So incentive comp. My numbers projected turn revenue neutral at about 16 people per class. So as soon as that 16th person hits the room, they start to get bonused. I pay my instructors 50 bucks to show up. And if they sell out the room, they make $200. So you're going to be there for an hour and a half. I make them come 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes late. They don't have to sell mats, waters, and towels. I want them engaging with the students, increasing our community presence. But you're going to come for an hour and a half. Do you want to make 50 bucks or do you want to make 200 yeah. So promote yourself on social media, promote your class schedule. So indirectly, that's part of our marketing channel as our instructors have. There's a really good article in the New York Times that talks about the cult-like following that some of these instructors have. They're yeah. your therapist. They're your preacher. Like they're everything wrapped into one. And people follow the best instructors. They don't care what name's on the door. So I went out and recruited what I believe are some of, if not the greatest instructors in Chicago, and I incentivize comp them to get people to follow them to come into our facility, which then is a very high end, and then we have the whole experiential thing across the board. So first is quality and consistency of instructors. One of my second biggest frustrations, believe it or not, as simple as this sounds, is my church every Saturday morning was in Gold Coast at a yoga studio with Lee Cohen. Lee, if you're listening to this, I miss you. But I never missed her class. I'm 43 years old, and I would have to get there 30 to 40 minutes early. And now when I go to yoga studio, there's certain places you want to be. Some are hotter than others. Where's the humidity machine? So I always like to be second row, no more than five stalls from the humidity machine in the Gold Coast studio. And I'd have to get there 40 minutes early and stand outside the room and wait for the door to open and run in with a bunch of other adults to slam my mat down on the floor. So we painted stalls on our floor. Pretty simple. Super smart. But now I can go on, reserve a spot. Yoga is all about, you know, presence and calming yourself down so now you eliminate the stress of number one am i going to get into class and then number two where am i going to be when i get there so we eliminate all that and you can reserve a spot we talked a little bit about our heating system so we don't use forced air hvac we use infrared heat panels and there's some significant therapeutic benefits to using infrared over forced air most importantly you're not blowing dust and allergens into the room so it's self-contained and then the infrared heats the, the actual physical space, including you. And we're made of 97% water. Sure. So that naturally increases your core body temperature quicker. And you had told me that you had an infrared experience. And you're like, man, like I, didn't, I was sweating, but I didn't feel as drained. So people go through this incredible workout in an infrared setting, and they're sweating a ton. But they come out saying like, man, I feel energized, not depleted. Right. The other cool piece to that is I did a ton of research on the humidity system that we brought in. So we have this state-of-the-art technology that we brought in, and it's kind of disgusting when you look at there's a gauge in the back of the room. So the city water that comes in is usually between like 250 and 500 parts per million of contaminants. Really? We run it through a double osmosis, blue light. I don't even know how to explain the technology behind it. But when it spits into the room, it's got less than five parts per million of contaminants. So you've got this totally clean steam and humidity coming in plus the clean air. So it just gives you this much better. It's like a reviving experience when you come out of there. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I I love it. And it's as you're going through this and we're talking off air, I'm by no stretch of the means a yoga expert, but I did it for a year at Bikram and all the complaints that I had, but really never vocalized 
you obviously had and then fixed. You know, I, I went to a place and I won't name it. It's in the North Shore, but it was Bikram. And I was telling you, it smelled like a wrestling mat. I mean, I was like, wow, I, I cannot imagine that anybody who's not me who hasn't grappled before is okay with this. I'd rush in, try to find a spot. My ex-girlfriend and I would try to find spots near each other and we're rushing in, we we're always late. The instructors were selling us the mats and same thing. I had one or two instructors I really liked and if they weren't there, even though Bikram was kind of the same exact thing every single time, which to me was boring, um, but I liked the heat aspect of it. I was like, oh, this instructor kind of sucks. Right. I, I, but I didn't have a choice. It was even at the same times, a different instructor would show up. So even if it was 6.30 on a Monday night, I don't know which instructor I was getting. Right. Somebody would fill in. You could kind of tell it was somebody once they started that was on class two or three. Um, but I never thought of those as being industry-wide problems that somebody else would have solved. Yeah. But um, kudos to you guys for doing that. I think the stall idea is fantastic because that was one of my biggest stressors. I'd run in, I'd run to the locker room, try to change really quick, and then rush up, and then I'd be like, oh, shit, I'm trying to move somebody around or begging somebody to move over a couple inches so that I can tuck in. And they're already trying to get relaxed, and it's not their fault that I'm the jerk that's always late to a class, but I'm, right. I'm disruptive then. Right. But you've solved kind of all those problem pieces. Well, and you bring up another point too. So one of the other tenants is cleanliness. Like it used to drive me nuts. One, I would walk in there and a lot of times I'd be rolling my mat out into someone else's sweat from the yeah. class before. And then I'd go over and grab blocks that have been stacked up after someone just sweat on those and God knows how long they've been sitting in the corner. Like you see those 60 minute specials with the blue light and uh, you're yeah, going in the hotel the rooms. Thing. I'm surprised that nobody's been into a group fitness place yet. So one, we wash the floors in between every class. If you use blocks, they get brought outside the room and they get disinfected. We spray down the weights in between every class. So cleanliness is incredibly important to us and we're always overstaffed to make sure regardless of how busy we are, we don't compromise that. And I, I don't really know the answer to this. Some yoga people might. There's different types. So I did Bikram, I know there's core power. There's different types of yoga and you said you guys have weights. How do you guys formulate the classes and is there one of those models you fit into or are you totally unique? So I, I mean, we're yoga, right? So we're not completely unique, but right. we do have a different spin. So we've got three different class formats. One is where the vast majority of our classes are heated, um, but they'll always be set on the schedule if it's not. And we're typically running in the low to mid 90s with about 35% relative humidity. Outside of that, I've got three buckets, or we, of class formats. So it's strength, flow, and revive. And then underneath that, there's a progressive series from not beginner, but uh, so flow, you have base flow, then you have flow, and then you have flow 2.0, progressively harder. In the strength umbrella, you have base strength, which would be body weight. So you got body weight squats, burpees, push-ups, sit-ups. Then you have strength, which incorporates weights. Then you have strength 2.0, which is heavier weight, higher volume, bigger movements, almost more of like a variation of a CrossFit yoga workout, if that sure. makes sense. And then we actually just brought in a new class format, which is really cool. It's called Mace Strength. So there's a, it's called a steel mace. It's a variation of a kettlebell. It's got a, call it an 18 inch to three foot handle. And then at the end, it has a ball. And the five pound ones is maybe the size of a racquetball. The 25 pound one is the size of a double softball. So then depending on where you put your hands, the further that weight out is, the more it challenges your core strength and your balance. So we had an instructor put together this really cool flow using this steel mace device. 
super cool, really challenging. Like our whole motto is our members are warriors. We call it the warrior's way and you know, you're part of our community. So this kind of fits into that theme. So that's very cool. And then the last is revive. So revive is typically run in like the low to mid eighties. So it's not as hot and it's more of a restorative class. So a lot of deep breathing, you're typically holding poses for 60 to 90, sometimes up to three minutes. Um, we use some bolsters, we use some lacrosse balls. So it's more of, it, it's less of a, a calorie burning, physically taxing workout and more of mental and stretching. So those are our three, our three categories. And for those who are listening, I've done infrared type heat stuff and Sean's absolutely correct. It's a completely different feeling. I, I felt when I was, and I did saunas. So when I, and I like the sauna, the normal sauna, but if you do 15 minutes in a sauna, you're you're in trouble. You got to get out of there after about 15 minutes. You f you feel like you're um, you're not going to make it another five. I did 45 minutes in an infrared sauna, and I was like, holy smokes! I feel really good. I got a good sweat, but I could have. I, I just felt revived. So I can imagine the difference between doing yoga in a studio that has the infrared heat as opposed to like you said, like kind of a furnace based heat that they're just blasting up and you you're just losing water weight and getting exhausted. And that's something we, we start to market to, or we have marketed to our community, is everyone's into these infrared saunas, and they're fantastic. Our panels are twice the strength as an infrared sauna, and you get a 60-minute workout on top of it. So Crazy. you get a double whammy, and people are paying up to 45 bucks for a 30-minute infrared sauna. Yeah. And our drop-in class with me is a lot cheaper than that. And, again, you get the workout on top of the therapeutic benefits of working out in infrared heat. What is kind of a drop-in rate? Uh, drop-in rate's 30. Okay. And then we have class packs, we have memberships, we have off-peak memberships. There's a, Everything's listed on our website, but we've got something that fits pretty much everybody's needs. And that's really reasonable. I mean, I've been to a lot of different, I've done Bikram at a lot of different places, and it's that price point, but you definitely don't get that sort of cleanliness, service, the reserving, and then obviously, I think most importantly for those who are very serious yogis, um, the instructor strength, the strength of knowledge within the instructors. And compared to the yoga market, especially downtown, we are a slight premium at that charge. Most okay. people are the 26 to $28 for drop-in. But do you want to go to LA Fitness and Crunch or do you want to go to Equinox or East Bank? So for a couple dollars more, yeah. you get a much, much better experience. So we're on the low end of high-end group fitness, but we're on the higher end of the yoga market from a pricing standpoint. Okay. But for me, it's... Yeah, I think twenty six to bucks. thirty bucks. You're yeah. talking four bucks. Yeah, all day yeah. long. I'll pay that every day. Yeah, I mean, I would have probably paid fifteen dollars for the room not to smell like a wrestling <laughs> mat. Um, and, and I was shocked. I mean, I was in the North Shore, so I, again, I was like, I looked at my ex girlfriend. I was like, she's like, eh, it stinks in here, and I'm like, I'm used to it. But some of these people who you know are in the North Shore and probably right. pissed off about right. that stuff. They kept coming back, though. I guess they didn't really have an option, but I'm sure they would have loved a much classier, cleaner atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can do monthly packages, and you guys with your, and this was something we spoke about off air, with your um, students have a lot of um, team building, relationship building type stuff. Go ahead and explain some of that stuff that you guys yeah, do. Yeah, so for me too, I wanted to do something more than just pushing people in and out of class. So yoga is all about community. How can we promote that within our space? So there's a couple different areas. One is we partnered with, it's called Kara Chicago, not the running club. So one of my former neighbors on the south side, he's a phenomenal guy, Mr. Tom Owens. 
started a nonprofit where they basically took financially challenged and homeless people off the street and they put them through a very exhaustive 12 week curriculum and then they help them get back out on the market and, and get jobs and get awesome. back on their feet. Over 28 years, they've taken, I believe it's close to 10,000 people, put them through the program. And after it's either 18 or 24 months, they have an 87% retention rate in that position. I mean, their numbers are staggering. So we went and part, one of the challenges they had was a lot of their partners are Chase, Target, big national companies. And if you have any blip on your personal radar, you can't get employed there. So they need proof of gainful employment history. Whether it was, I stole a candy bar, I got busted with a couple ounces of weed. Like they don't take anybody with guns, they don't do anybody with abuse. So they have parameters within there, but people stumbled and tripped. Um, They are our cleaning staff. So they provide all of our cleaning services. So that's one piece that how do we help and reach out to the community to give back? So that's one piece. Uh, the next one is we highlight a quarter, uh, every quarter we bring in a local up and coming artist and we highlight, we ask them to do a yogic theme piece of art. We put it up on the wall, we highlight a little story about them. And then while their art's being hung up and off peak hours or when we're not having classes, they can use our facility space to do their own little art gallery display. Very cool. So another way to reach out to the community. For our students, we do a monthly warrior social where we invite everybody to come in, mix and mingle. We do that on site. And then I organized, uh, we did our first one last month. It's the River North Sweat Crawl Social. So we've got about 15 facilities, group fitness facilities, as well as wellness facilities within the area. And every, there's one Sunday a month, and we offer discounts for drop-in rates. So if you're a member at Yoga 2.0 and you want to go down the street and try berries, there's a percentage drop-off for that day to try something else. And then we have a local restaurant that we all meet up afterwards and they give us discounts on food and drinks like that. Indirectly, when people come, they're going to mix and mingle and we're all going to cross-promote each other's facilities. So that's another piece we do. What I think is one of our kind of understated but very powerful tools for our students and our members is a very good friend of mine is a clinical psychologist PhD that specializes in mindfulness and executive leadership training out of New Jersey. His name's Dr. August Lemming. He's actually coming in this weekend. I bring him in once a quarter. So every month we have a progressive series of videos on various topics related to mindfulness. How do you meditate? Grit, resilience, perseverance, presence, and they're 7 to 12 minutes in length, easy to get to, but it's resources for our community to be able to tap into that's not just about being in the room. We're going to give our instructors are going to give you ways to perform better in there, but how do we give you tools to perform better outside the classroom? And that's in our uh, member portal as well. I don't think I've ever seen, set aside yoga, and, and I've done a lot of group fitness stuff that I really like. Like I'm a huge fan of Shred 415. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen a fitness course connect with their um, their client base outside of the fitness class like that. You know, it, I, I've seen it when I go to yoga classes or even group fitness classes. A lot of people build kind of relationships with the people they're working out with. You guys are kind of fostering that to a, a higher degree, but being able to give them the tools to continue kind of mindfulness outside of yoga, I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Where are you guys located exactly? Because we didn't touch on that. 215 West Ontario, second floor. So we're right in between Franklin and Wells on the south side of the street. John, we got to like go and do some yoga on a Wednesday before we come in. 
maybe go get a freeze downstairs too, and then just walk over here rejuvenated. I would love it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Do you have class, classes are all day, I'm guessing? So we run really hard in the morning. First class is at 6. We go hard until about 9, and then two days a week we have the 1030 class. We have two classes over lunch. We call them the Express, so they're 45 minutes. People can come during lunch hour, and then we run hard in the evening starting up at 430 or 5, and then go until 8. And how long ago did you start actually doing yoga? A little over four years. Okay, so yeah. you got into it real fast, like you said. Yeah. And how long has 2.0 been open? We just opened May 1st. So we're still, we're still babies, this is our fourth month. I've heard Yoga 2.0 and I've seen you guys tagged with just friends on social media tagging themselves at Yoga 2.0 so many times. So when our mutual friend uh, mentioned you in Yoga 2.0, and I mentioned it to John. John's like, yeah, I've heard of them before. It was almost like I had, I felt like you guys have been around forever because I had seen you guys so many times tagged with people in River North attending you guys. So kudos to you guys for at least gaining such a community in, in your infancy, basically. And, you know, since we're talking about being an entrepreneur, it was funny. I was a guy I played hoops against when I was a kid, invited me out to speak to his entrepreneur class at Naperville North. And one of the kids was asking me a question, and my response was, You've got to make sure that you're aware enough to check your ego at the door to realize what you're not good at. And I'm awful at social media. So I take zero credit for anything we're doing <laughs> with that. I've got an amazing team. It's led by Manny Garcia, who's also our director of content. And he's also an incredible yoga instructor. The guy wears more hats than I can keep track of. And then we've got a couple outside firms that we do some contracting with, with SEO and uh, some of the other things, but yes, I have an awesome team that's managing that social media process. Brilliant, brilliant work. Because both John and I were like, "Wait, they've been around for a while." Yep. And then when I looked everything up, I realized you guys are pr pretty yeah, early on. We're here. babies. So fantastic. But uh, you touched on a really good um, entrepreneur point. I, I always call it "Let the chef do the cooking," and I'm like you. I know I'm very bad at a lot of things. Like my business partner at Main Street is uh, very different strengths than me. John and I here at Wheelhouse, John and I have very, very different strengths and I'm lucky that I know I suck at certain things and I just let the people who are good at the other stuff do the other stuff. But yeah, whoever is, M Manny you said? Manny, yeah. Kudos to Manny because yeah, he's, he's doing a really, really good job. But I also see a lot of people tagged at you guys. So I feel like people are, and I'm just one person and my social media friends are tagging themselves at Yoga 2.0. So you're definitely um, connecting with people and they're very happy to be there. Yeah, for sure. Reconnecting there. Um, give me the background. How did you um, get involved as an entrepreneur? And um, obviously we know now how you got into yoga, but what made you want to be an entrepreneur and when did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah, one last shout out because I'll probably get beat up when I go back to the studio, but my director of operations and my studio manager is Robin Rabicki okay. and I would not be alive today if it was not for her. She is, you know, I stay on the business side of the fence and she runs operations and there's nobody better on the planet, I think, in group fitness that could handle that responsibility. So I definitely wanted to give her a shout out. A shout out to Robin. Yeah, she's We're awesome. going to have to stop by and meet everybody. Yeah. Are you there almost every day? Uh, for the most part, you know, but you're out working the community, trying to yeah. develop corporate relationships and things like that. And I mean, to be honest, I really don't serve a purpose when I'm in there. I'm never yeah. going to teach a class. So, you know, how can I get out and build the brand? But yes, I'm, I'm pretty much there daily, but it's not like I'm there from time the door opens till it closes. Well, you're soon enough going to have thousands of hours of experience. You could <laughs> drop it and do a class or two. So funny note on that. I went to Brother Ice High School on the south side. I'm still super involved down there. Their head football coach is, he was a year older than me. And they were bringing the team down for a field trip. So I was like, dude, you got to bring the team by. 
He's like, yeah, no problem. So they come by. They did a workout, and why did I get going on this? You just asked me a question Instructor, before. you instructing? Oh, so we're in there. You know, it's a bunch of 16-, 17-year-old kids, and I've got a couple of my instructors in the room, and, you know, clearly they're attractive women, and they're in yoga mm-hmm. clothes. And there's, like, a couple of goofy comments, and then I'm, like, start drill sergeant barking at them. And then as we started to go through class, I was, like, barking out orders and telling them, like, how to do poses and stuff, and my instructors were teasing me. They're like, maybe you can't teach a class. I was like, yeah. not a chance. I will never get in front of the room, even if it's as a joke. I'm never going to do that. I, I think you got to do a stand in, like a <laughs> just trick everybody and show up and that would be in the whole that yoga plane attire. would crash and burn very very quickly, <laughs> very quickly. Um, do you actively do yoga yourself, basically mm-hmm. every week still? Well, you know it's funny, man. I uh, I literally used to do eight to twelve classes a week. A couple days a week, I'd double up one in the morning and one at night. Wow! I thought, man, I'm going to open a group fitness facility. I'm going to be working out all the time. I'm lucky if I do two or three a week now. Really? So, you know, we're four months in. Hopefully six to nine months down the road when things smooth out a little bit, then uh, I'll get back into my old routine. But it's been... it's been frustrating how that's fallen off. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I used to love to work out a lot and I'm way out of shape, but you get involved in business as right. an entrepreneur and then where do you find the time to yeah. do that? Yeah, things happen. Yeah. Do you live in the city now? I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah eventually West. you're going to be able to get into that 6 a.m. class or For that sure. 7 a.m. class. For sure. Um, so, how did you get involved with being an entrepreneur and what led you to uh, leave your previous roles and do? yoga studio yeah so i started out i spent the first uh did my undergrad in biology and psychology originally thought i wanted to be a physical therapist change gears after that i did a few classes in exercise phys grad work at uic and then ended up going back to where i went to undergrad and i got my graduate degree in business so i came out of school and i had this business degree and i had this biology background so inevitably medical made sense and i started as a medical device rep did that for about eight years and then I briefly started getting into the story with you, but I was visiting a good buddy of mine, Pat Jablonski, who's a retired journeyman NHL goalie down in Tampa. And we were driving to a tea time and we were stopping by somewhere to sign a jersey for one of his former teammates, uh, Brian Bradley, as a favor for one of the physician owners was a uh, diehard hockey fan. So walked in. I had been in medicine almost a decade, spent a little bit of time with orthopedics. So I had a foot in with musculoskeletal medicine. And these guys made the vast majority of their money doing in-office pharmacy dispensing for workers' comp. So because there was no pill counting at the point of care, you didn't need a pharmacist. Everything came prepackaged. There's no additional liability to the doctor from writing a script or handing him a bottle. So we had a system we would put in place in the physician practice. It increased care and compliance for that work comp patient because you gave him the med. Most importantly, the revenue stayed with the doctor instead of going to Walgreens or CVS. So this company was seven years old. They were barely doing $8 million in revenue, no website, no collateral material, one internal sales guy, two account managers. And at the time, I was in my late 20s making pretty good jack and had a good job. I was like, who is repping this in the Midwest? Well, we're thinking about going national. I was like, I'll take it. So I took about a 70 75% pay cut. They gave me eight states Ouch. and pat on the ass and figure it out. So we got out there. Um, Super long story short, I had an awesome team with me. One of my buddies uh, that I played ball in college with was one of my regional managers, Ben Conan, and he was right by my side. And we built this team of 100 and, about 120 total service and sales reps. We took them into 42 states, and we built them from 7 to $125 million in revenue in wow. four years. We had a mad run. 
What was cool with that is I had like the perfect blend of being an entrepreneur while being employed. Because once we started, they had the rocket, and once we started to put fuel in it, they were like, hands off, Sean. Whatever you guys need, just let us know. So we had the independence and autonomy of being an entrepreneur being backed by somebody else that we were employed by. So that was a pretty cool experience. Um, That came to an abrupt end. They did an equity deal with a firm out of New York, and the two physicians walked away with quite a bit of money. And I had to ask for my bonus check. And after taxes, it was barely enough to buy a new car. So live and learn. Only got to blame for that is me. But Ben and I were looking at each other. We're like, all right, we did this for somebody else. What are we going to do for ourselves? So my first real entrepreneurial experience was we started a toxicology lab. So the way we were able to put that company, the pharmacy company, on that growth trajectory was we went out and I had a very small team of assassin reps who were highly trained And I would let them go out into their market and I would say, I'll pay you full rack rate commission if you close the deal on your own, or you can go develop a team of consultants that'll cut down that time and do the transfer of trust and get you yes, no meetings. And you have to give a trim year commission to that individual. What do you want to do? My most successful reps were the ones that got out of their own way and went built a team underneath them. So now rather than me knocking on your door, developing trust over X period of time before I get the meeting, our reps would go meet with the referral rep and make sure they bought into them first, transfer a trust, and then you're just going into yes-no meetings. So that's how they got to go on that run. Um, and again, God, I'm out of it today. I just lost my train of thought again. Yeah. Oh, I got rambling on that. Well, yeah, you had the um, the reps going in, you had the yes-no meetings. Yes, so that's where we go. So we worked a lot with the toxicology reps, and we heard the same complaints. Terrible customer service, poor turnaround time, and the bills were way too high. So we went into a highly competitive, completely commoditized market of laboratory, much like group fitness, and we just fixed the top three complaints. And we ran that same model, and we were able to take that from zero to like 20, little over 25 million in three and a half years at a wildly healthy EBITDA clip. Um, Second major mistake in my career was too many cooks in the kitchen. We had six of us that started the lab. And when we raised the money, we told our investors, build it and bounce it in five years. And three and a half years in, one of our partners had a relationship with Siemens Healthcare, who had a relationship with an equity firm out of California. They were looking to get into the tox game, and they wanted a boutique tox lab. So they engaged us. All we had was audited financials. We didn't have any book. We didn't have an investment banker. Clearly, we had an attorney, but like not a deal attorney. So we engaged them. We did initial diligence. They gave us an LOI for 50 to 55 million pending 90 days deep dive diligence. We have a partner meeting. We're all high five. And like for me, my percentage of that is walk off money. Like my retirement's secure. I'm always going to work, but like now I can breathe, right? Right. Rainy day, I'm good. So about 30 days into deep dive diligence, the equity firm walked, didn't give us a reason why, wouldn't return our calls. So I ended up getting into one of my partner's emails and we found through an internal investigation that he was dialoguing with an investment banker and attorney and intentionally manipulating the diligence information because he wanted to tank the deal and turn around and buy us out. So yeah, this gets better boys. Oh boy. Oh, 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 intrigue. Yeah. So we, we fire him immediately and then Right when this whole thing started with us getting engaged and doing this initial diligence, Medicare dictates reimbursement in healthcare. So CMS sets reimbursement standards. So whether it's looking at your tongue or giving you a knee replacement, there's CPT codes associated with that. Medicare sets the rate. 
we knew that toxicology was on their radar because it was such an abusive market. Over testing, over billing, like we did the exact opposite and we told a different story, which is how we grew really quick. But nonetheless, we're in that sector. So all indications were like probably a 20 to 25% rate cut, which is substantial. Huge. The weekend before Thanksgiving, they announced a 60% rate cut on toxicology services effective January 1st, and Medicare was like 42% of our national book of business. Oh. So hit hard, but we were running at like a 47% EBITDA clip. I mean, it was, it was wildly successful. So we could sustain that, and we'd be okay. Usually in healthcare, it takes like six to 12 months for the privates to follow Medicare guidance. So we're like, all right, we got some time to pivot, figure out what we're going to do. By December 31st, so within five weeks, every major private carrier cut us by 60% or more. Oh. So we went, you extrapolate that out, by the time all those took effect, by June, we were projected losing money. Critical care access hospitals still maintained healthy reimbursement because they're critical care, they're hard to get to, they always have premium reimbursements. One of our largest customers was a critical care access hospital and they were looking to internalize laboratory. So we sold them, air quoting, we sold our company for $548,000 less than 18 months after we had 50 million on the table. Oh. Yikes. That one hurt. Yeah. That shook the trees. So that went down. I was in a really unhealthy personal relationship on again, off again for five years. And that went down. I was turning 40, you know, and then you get reflective about God, I, you know, sacrifice personal relationships. And all I was do is drive into this mythical number in my head. I wanted to be at before I was 40 and this deal would have put me there. So it was like this convergence of personal and professional events that ultimately led me to go to my first yoga class, which then I did every day for a couple of years and then came up with the model for 2.0. So here we are. Well, good for you. And what a, crazy shift of events but listening to that there's a couple pieces i picked out a you always bet on yourself i mean just just watching or listening to you go from a good paying job to saying hey listen i'm just going to take a pay cut to virtually nothing in the sales field and then just bet on me that's a big entrepreneur mindset that a lot of people don't have and then shifting opening another business and then having two situations that businesses were just letting you down not not to your fault at all and saying, hey, listen, I'm gonna do another business this time, but something I'm passionate about and I'm gonna do it with me. You bet on yourself every time. So I yeah. think the third time is gonna be a charm. Not that the first two were failures. I mean, you obviously were very, very successful. It was just uh, stuff out of your hands. Um, and I know a little bit about Medicare billing and CPT codes. My dad's a physician. I, okay. So all he wanted me to do was be a doctor. So okay. I worked with him for a long, long time. So um, intimately familiar and we've bought and sold a couple of medical practices, but that's crazy when you said they cut it by 60%. I was yeah. like, oh, that really kind of so kills you guys. Monument, it's a dagger. Monumental rate cut, yeah. But good for you. And, you know, it's um, I'm turning 35 next week, and I, I, I'm starting to have those reflective uh, thoughts sometimes. You know, somebody was uh, telling me, you know, the average person lives to be 72, 73. Some people are like 77. I'm like, yeah. well, shit, I'm smack dab in a midlife crisis now then. I'm beyond <laughs> the 50 on the yard of life, yeah. and you're on like the 45. So. I'm like 49, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, with my, uh, my levels of lack of sleep and stress, I'm probably 52, 53% <laughs> done. But... Two and a half blocks down the street, we'll get you mindful, That's we'll get you out of your own head. Come on down. Well, I've been telling John a little bit and a lot of my friends, I, I really enjoyed yoga. I, I 
enjoyed the getting away for an hour, keeping my phone away from me and just focusing on something else. Because even when I'm working out or going for a run, listen to music, my phone's kind of on me. Right. So you're never really unplugged. I found that when I was training for the triathlon, I was in the pool, even though I hated swimming. I, I genuinely, I sucked at it. I didn't want to do it. But my phone's away and it's right. an hour. It's just me and I'm thinking. Right. Just the ability to disconnect. And yoga for me was that. And I, I when my ex-girlfriend and I broke up, I stopped going to that yoga studio. But I've been telling everybody, I'm like, my back hurts. My shoulder's effed up. I need to go back and do yeah. something like that. So this is, you are in a perfect setting for me to be able to do it on a Wednesday. Uh, come here and then possibly go down the street to our mutual buddies and get a freeze yeah, or something. Yeah, get a freeze for sure. Shout out to again to Freeze and Float, which is next door to us. And uh, I've been going there just to get some freezes. Cause, amazing people too. Yeah, amazing people. Amazing and people. Um, yeah, if, if you're in the area and you're in River North, it's crazy not to check you guys out. So what's the website? I know John's going to put it up, but I just want to get sure, it out there for people it's listening. www.yoga, the number two, the word point, the number zero.com. So yoga2.0.com with points spelled out. Awesome. And Monday through Sunday classes? We never close. Never yeah. close. Yeah. So, well, I we close. Yeah, but, it's <laughs> yeah, seven but not days like week. seven days a week. Seven days a week. Um, what seven days do you typically week. do them? Or is it sporadic? It's, yeah, it's sporadic, man. I always have a bag there, so it's like, ah, oh, meeting canceled. I'm going to jump into class. So it's it's all over the board. That's nice. Um, do you guys do that? Uh, John, I might and tell me if I'm getting in his camera when I try to do this. Do you guys do that one pose? Yeah. Where I yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. that. It'll save my life. It took me a long time to be able to do that, and it still hurts the back of my shoulders, but yeah. I tore my left pec, so it's virtually impossible to get that move done. Yeah. But I always, every yoga class I go to, you know, yoga classes have mirrors. Mm -hmm. I just laugh because I'm like, everybody must be watching me do this like an idiot, yeah. and I'm not even close. Well, it's funny you said, what it's called, you said, I, I suck that. at yoga. Like, the, you can't be bad at yoga. So that's Oh, you haven't seen me do yoga welcome. yet. <laughs> But two fronts on that. Every Sunday we run a yoga fundamentals class at noon, okay. and it's a progressive series of like the basic forms of yoga. So people can come in with other beginners, walk through what's a downward dog, what's warrior one, what's warrior two. So when you come to a class, you at least have a basic understanding. Right. And then we're in the process now of developing, uh, we're going to call it the asana library. Okay. So it's going to be, you can go online and click on the top 20, 30, 40, 50 poses, and you can do them at home or at least watch them. And how come I feel funny doing this and that and try different tweaks? Uh, so we should hopefully have that up in the next 45 to 60 days. But again, we want to provide anybody that comes to us with resources to make them feel comfortable yeah. and confident to have a great experience within the facility and then carry that outside the facility as well. What I love about yoga is what you said. I mean, I'm not very good at yoga, but I can do a yoga class and benefit dramatically from it. Whereas there's just some things like martial arts, I'll use that as an example, and you can always benefit from it. But when you go to a class, like if you're going to go to a boxing class and you just really suck at boxing, it takes a long time to just build comfort there. Whereas in yoga, you can just go there and it's just you and yourself and you're probably not being judged by too many people because they're focusing on themselves. And you can get a huge benefit immediately in that first class. I know for me, I, uh, I just didn't know what I was doing. And I would look around at people. I'd be like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Because I didn't know the move. So that's right. a really good tool for a beginner like me. Yeah, for sure. Or somebody who's a relative beginner. Yeah, definitely. Because I had no idea. I would just look at the person next to me and they could be really bad. And I could right. be just kind of butchering <laughs> it until the one person, the one instructor that's looking at, you know, 20, 30, 40 people mm -hmm. finally sees that I'm goofing up and helps give me some direction. Right, right. How long are the classes? 60 minutes other than our express classes over to launch are 45. Okay, great. Um, 
All right, John has put up a note, his love notes in the back over there. Um, I know you sent some photos to John. Give us kind of an idea of kind of the look and the feel of the studio. You've explained it's it's really kind of like an elegant, higher class, I'll say it, higher class studio as opposed to kind of like the big box um, stores. Give us like kind of a walkthrough. John, I don't know which photos you got, but I'm presuming you're throwing some of them up. Yeah, so when you see there's a couple photos that'll go up there. One is our main studio, so the aesthetic of the studio, up light, down light. You know, you'll see the infrared panels, the the weights. Aesthetically, it's just gorgeous. The floor that we put in there, they put the vast majority of the sports performance floors in in Chicago. The floors alone cost us like fifty five grand, and people come oh. in there all the time. Like, man, why don't my knees hurt? Like, we again, we did not spare an expense. There's. Uh, High end across the board. The locker rooms are extremely high end, spa like, very accommodating. We've got a get ready bar for the women, you know, the hair dryers, anything you would need in there, all the high end amenities. We work with ENO to supply all of our products in there. And then one piece I want to touch on too is we've got a very large and welcoming lobby. Like we want people to be able to hang out there. So free Wi Fi all day. Most people work from home. If you come there over lunch, come in early, relax grab a kombucha or a nitro brew coffee from Limitless and sit there, bang out a few emails. And then when you're done, stop sweating for a half hour. You can make some calls, you can work on your laptop and then shower up and go back to work. So we really want this to be a community place where people can hang out. That's really nice. I mean, that that's the piece of yoga that I think really benefited me was just being able to unplug and then just kind of relax a little bit. But I found myself when I was getting there, I was very stressed out because it was we were crowded. We were just in this little space, kind of checking ourselves in and grabbing mats, and then run down to a tiny little. Uh, it was it was basically a bathroom with like these like quick little locker systems that right. I bought at Costco, and then running <laughs> back up. And then when you're leaving, everybody's shoes are next to the door, and we're like cramped up on a bench trying to get ready. So I was relaxed for an hour in class, but I was very stressed out getting to the class, and then just kind of cramped leaving yeah. so you didn't want to be um the type of person that lingers around or stays it wasn't very welcoming right, right. and I, I was at a studio that was I mean, this is a north shore so it was nice it was a nice studio but you fixed those problems that again annoyed me but i didn't think about them too much because i didn't know that there was a different option so i just said okay most yoga studios rent tiny little space and the bathrooms are small and we just have to get in get into class change get the heck out yep yep but yeah that ability to come in and just kind of relax especially during like a lunch break that's yeah. that's unique yeah and you know it's interesting uh the, probably the worst the, the original plan was open march 1st now we're open you know we didn't open till may 1st and the absolute worst time that you can open a hot any type Summer. of facility is the 11 weeks in chicago that people like to be outside right so i've never wanted fall or winter to get here ever in my life until this year yeah but, you know, our numbers are progressively taken up in the right direction. I really think we're going to take a big jump in June. But, you know, to you and I, like, this seems like a lot of common sense, right? Like, we fixed everything that would probably frustrate the majority of people in over four years. That was the same complaints I heard from everybody I was doing the workout experience with. So I basically bet the house on a model that we're in month four. And once we prove the model, then we got to prove a market. And once we prove the market, then we'll take this thing out and scale it. You know what's a uh, one of my like biggest uh, failures as a younger guy was I didn't write down who this investor inventor was and I didn't I didn't record this I've tried to find this um, 
it was like one of those uh, 2020s or 60 minutes. I remember being in college. I was actually sitting next to my grandma at my parents' place watching this um, this inventor who they had on, and he had like a hundred patents. And the question they asked this guy was, most people try to think of one great idea. You've thought of like a hundred great ideas, and you've sold a handful of them for a lot of money. How do you come up with so many great ideas and the average person can't come up with one? And his answer is so simple. And the answer at least stuck with me, but I just wish I could find this again. He said, you know what I do? I find things that frustrate or are a problem for a mass group of people and I solve that problem. That's yep. it. Yep. He goes, because if something annoys a lot of people and I can solve that problem for a lot of people, yep. then I got something there. Which is, and you've kind of, in, in everything you've done, you've kind of found the problem piece or the problem pieces, at least three of them, and then you've solved those things. You don't have to create a market right. to be successful. Yeah. There's a lot of big markets out there that if you just get a small piece of the pie, you're going to be more than fine. Very, very smart. Um, we always ask this, and uh, I'm going to ask this of you. You probably have a lot of pieces of advice for entrepreneurs. Um, any... Any advice for entrepreneurs? It doesn't have to be in the yoga base. You could give people advice on starting yoga, but any advice for entrepreneurs that maybe you've learned? I mean, this is going to sound super basic, but it's what I told the kids when I was out at Naperville North talking to them is the first thing you've got to do is be able to check your ego at the door and realize that you don't know everything and you can't be an expert at everything. And if you're not humble enough and honest enough with yourself to realize you're gonna to have to bring in people that are a heck of a lot smarter than you in a multitude of different areas in order to get to where you wanna go, you're gonna lose. And then the other thing I asked them is, you better be ready to clean toilets and empty garbage cans if you wanna be an entrepreneur. Yep. Because odds are when I go back to the facility after we're done today, I'm probably gonna be doing some of those things too. Yeah. Your first piece of advice, and the second one's a reality. For sure, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be doing that for a long time. But your first piece of advice is one of my favorite pieces of advice because, and like I said, I call it let the chef do the cooking. You definitely are not going to be great at everything. And you're right. I think early on, a lot of entrepreneurs, or maybe when they're uh, very young, and I'm sure when you're talking to people in high school, they might have that ego setting. They're like, no, I can do this. Or, or repeat entrepreneurs that have been successful for a long time are like, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. And then they don't seek out the help for where they're weak and they don't plug the holes where they need uh, holes plugged. But uh, great advice. Outside of yoga and obviously running a business that's been successful very quickly, what do you do to kind of relax? Or is it still yoga? No, I mean, I, actually, I've really gotten into meditating, which is part of yoga. But, you know, outside of the, just the actual sitting for an extended period of time, which for me is a monumental challenge. Like, I can't sit more than 20 seconds without thinking about tell. 86 different things. And hmm. uh, I've really gotten into that. So that's what I try to do to relax um, outside of that. Do you use an app? I do. Which one? Uh, so there's, it's actually a device I saw come up on my feet. It's called the Muse device. Okay. So it's a headband that you put on. It wraps around your ears. You pick the soundscape that you want to listen to. I always choose the beach. So when you start out, it's like really soft water coming in. And somehow it monitors your brain activity. And as the waves start going, you start to hear larger and larger waves. And when you're really out there, you hear lightning going. And then when you're in the zone, you start to hear birds chirping. So it's all about getting back to your breath and breathing and calming your thoughts down. And it's really cool, the statistics when you get done with this, and it monitors every time you do it. So you can go back and look. It has calm, neutral, and active. You can see where you were through the extended time that you did it. You could do five to 60 minutes. You choose how long you want to go, and then it just beeps when you're done. 
it's been an incredibly valuable tool to help me because now I get reinforcement, right? right? If I just sit here and try and meditate, I have no idea if I'm doing it right or not. At least this helps to give me that basic understanding of am I being productive while I'm spending my time doing this. That was what you just touched on was my biggest problem when I tried to meditate. So a good buddy, and he was a past guest on the show, Evan Shy, who is a kind of celebrity trainer here in Chicago. And now he's got a kind of entrepreneur side of his business called High Tide, where he goes to um, high-end professionals and Fortune 500 companies and just kind of does health and wellness with them. Had this app that he had us use, and, and it was a good app. I forget what it was called, but my problem was I was like, I think I'm zoning out. And I was in my own head. I was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. And it would almost annoy me. I'm like, I'm not really relaxed. And I would second guess myself. And the whole time I'd listen to this thing. And it was good because it would it forced me to take some time apart to just kind of calm my mind. And I really like that. But I felt like exactly what you said. Am I doing this right? Or am yeah. I just goofing this up? Is this a waste of my time? So it's a headband that actually will kind of monitor the brainwaves? Yeah, it's called Muse. It's like 200 okay. bucks. Okay. I mean, everybody I talk to, I recommend that. So yeah, anybody that's listening, check it out. It's phenomenal. You do it every day? I should, and I don't. Okay. You know, there's, there's a lot of things in my life yeah. I should do. but Well, uh, you're at the start yeah. of a uh, very, uh, you're in a business that has a lot of competition in Chicago. So you, it, this is a busy time for you. For sure. That stuff is going to probably come more consistently as time goes on. But I got a, every successful person um, that meditates, and we've had a lot of people on the show where we ask them, what do you do to kind of relax? Do you do, uh, do you work out? A lot of people say they meditate, um, and everybody who says they meditate attributes a lot of their success and relaxation and ability to just kind of press the reset button to meditation. And I've always wanted to start back up at doing that. I just, the last time I did it, I was like, I don't think I'm doing this the right way. And it's crazy too, like even just from a consistency standpoint, all the research shows, even if you can get like five to seven minutes in a day, like yeah. you don't have to do it for 30, 30 minutes to an hour. Like if you just get five to seven minutes a day in the morning, in the evening, and you can rip that five to six days a week, you're going to have a monumental impact. So it doesn't have to be an extended period of time. John wrote me a question that he wants me to ask. Any book recommendations? Oh man, I unequivocally like my Bible in life is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon oh, Hill. Hell. I mean, you can't get a better book for me. There's Great a million book. books I'd recommend, but that like unequivocally is my number one by a, by a far margin. I think it's my top five. Yeah. Yeah. I've, What's your other ones? Um, Extreme Ownership for me okay. has been a really good one. Um, that one is um, uh, just based on as, as an entrepreneur or business owner or anything in your life, you got to take ownership of it and no matter what happens don't pass the blame to somebody else you got even if somebody on your team does something wrong did you do something incorrectly to um maybe not be there for him maybe not coach him the right way it, it, just take ownership of things you do wrong and it's it's taught me a lot to kind of t take a pause when things go wrong and be like how can i adjust this why did this go wrong and how do i fix it from happening again and it's a great one on audible because the two guys that wrote the book they are Navy ex Navy SEALs and they got kind of deep voices and they relate a lot of it back to like when they were actually leading people through war and uh, love that book. It's one of my favorites. Cool. Uh, you said out. beach. I'm guessing beach is your favorite place to go on vacation then? There's nothing that relaxes me more than water. Yeah. So it's like, do you vacation or do you travel? Right? There's two differences. For me, like, I just want to be near water. Right. Yeah. Not, not uh, going to any old uh, ancient sites and stuff and have love a walk doing that all day. like that's traveling yeah, i love traveling. doing that too but if i'm on a vacation and i want to relax i'm going to a beach see that's people make fun of me for going back to cancun and playa i mean i've been cancun 11 times probably the 
Yucatan Peninsula 15 or 16 times. Yeah. And I used to always tell them, I'm like, it's a three-hour flight. I just get there. Yeah. The beach is great. The pool is great. And I'm just left alone. Have you made it to Tulum yet? I have not. Heaven on earth. Really? If you go to Tulum, you have to stay on the beach. There's no uh, big box hotels. They're okay. all, you know, Small. five to 50 person Adobe or, you know, rooms. I checked into allegedly one of the nicer places on the beach. They don't have locks on the door. Like really? you have a safe in your room, but there's no locks on the door. Like there's no crime down there. And this is back when I was like, oh, you can't go to Mexico, blah, blah, blah. The guys that were at the hotel are like, man, you got nothing to worry about. I've been twice this year. I've, I've never felt unsafe there. Um, and we actually, this time, I took my mom for her 60th birthday uh, last month. Okay. Uh, August 15th we went. And we were talking about, my sister and I were talking about how both of us had not spent enough time in Tulum. I think she had gone once. I've never gone. I'm like, I can't believe I've been down here 15 to 20 times. Just never gone. It's an extra 20-something miles, man. You got to go. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, next time I got to stop by there. Yeah. And that's where you did the yoga retreat? That's where I did the yoga retreat. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Is it an annual thing down there? It was supposed to be for me, and I haven't been back since. But the actual yoga it's a retreat down there. Uh, well, like literally every single hotel, that's the other thing I like about it, on the beach in Tulum has yoga rooms. So wow. like they all run retreats and stuff. I just went down there and I would jump into class when I wanted. I'd walk the beach when I wanted. So it just, it's a great place to go. You get some good workouts in. I went by myself, turned my phone off for a week. It was like, it was the most relaxing week of my life. Any other beach spots that you recommend? Ooh. Doesn't have to be for yoga. That's a good question. I was in Greece and we went to Mykonos, which That's beautiful. Yeah, it's just like, but like you said, it's planes, trains, and automobiles to get there. Yeah, like, do I want to spend twenty-seven hours to get somewhere right. that I like just as much? Jumping on a three-hour flight, and exactly. then how many beaches are down in the Caribbean that you could go to? Right, Jamaica was great. I was in Jamaica once too. That was pretty. I did Tahiti and uh, for a wedding, and actually it was uh, Morea, which is an island off of Tahiti, and that was beautiful. But it was nine hours from LA. You land, you grab a. Sh- a ferry boat and then you got to go another hour to Morea and it was gorgeous I mean the beaches were on a level that it, I've never been to Hawaii but everybody who had been to Hawaii this is like it's Hawaii on steroids they right. said it was gorgeous but it's a day there a day back yeah. and the Yucatan Peninsula is three hours I'm same you, time man. zone you and I same time zone. it's like right there you and I think alike makes my life easy and it's a tenth of the price of going to Morea. So I could right. do 10 trips to the Yucatan versus right. going out to Tahiti unless uh, last week we had the uh the folks from uh, Hilton Grand Vacations on, unless you mm-hmm. uh, do their vacation plan, it's six hundred ninety-nine bucks. Yeah. What, John? Six nights in Hawaii. Six days, five nights in Hawaii for six ninety-nine. They got a crazy, wow. crazy yeah. deal for yeah. like three or four people. Wow. Yeah. 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 Total. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. In Hawaii. So I might do that. They, since last week, I've been kind of teased about that, or two weeks ago, <laughs> and I got to book a trip. And there's no blackout dates for them, so I'm like, no. yeah, I might have to book a trip oh, out to wow. Hawaii. Oahu or the Big Island, either or. I've never been, so I'm going to be blown away by so fun. Any of the spots there. Yep. I knew we're gonna. Somebody said this dude needs to do voiceover. I feel like I'm meditating just listening to him. (laughs) Charlie Farrell. Uh, (laughs) Does he know you do voiceover? So that's actually my cousin Chuck. Thanks for listening. Um, (laughs) I used to do voiceover work, uh, and then I actually just got back into it. I went on an impromptu audition yesterday and got picked up. So we're gonna get that going. You do have a voiceover voice. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's a deep voice. You (laughs) should just do the meditation tapes. It's just be your voice talking (laughs) to people instead of teaching the classes. You should just be the guy who's like the guy in the sky, who's telling them what to do. You don't even have to do the moves. (laughs) 
that's an idea. Um, we zipped through an hour. John, we're, did we have their website up on the um, we on had page their, We had their actual address. Okay, Physical awesome. address. Cool. Um, um, I will add the website to the comment section. For those of you who are going to be listening to this and not, are not watching it, um, if you're on iTunes or Spotify or anything else, mm -hmm. it's, I'll let you do the website again. It's yoga2.0.com with point spelled out. So yoga, the number two, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, the number zero.com. Awesome. And uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, John and I are going to have to visit. I've Indeed. been making a uh, mental note for myself constantly and get back into yoga and then obviously was introduced to you through uh, our buddies at Freeze and Float and uh, I think timing and fate is kind of lining up for me to make can't, the yoga comeback. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys having me on and anybody that's in the area, we'd love to just have you come in and give us a shot. We really think that you'll be happy with the experience. And congratulations to you for, again, it's a handful of months you guys have been in business, but doing everything you guys have done in such a short period of time and then revolutionizing and changing all the problems that people were having with yoga. Because even me, like I said, as somebody who's only done it for uh, a year on and off, those are truly the pain points I had when I was going to yoga. And you guys have found a way to fix that stuff. Really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Um, John, we don't have a shout out for next week yet, but we will be here next week at yes. 3 o'clock with some cool guests. Yep, I'm going to put that address for the haircuts back up oh yep i goofed screen. you asked me to no, remind right. you and i screwed up it's a uh, tokochi university of beauty culture 7350 west harlem in bridgeview illinois they're open till nine uh free haircuts for all first responders today very very cool and thank yep. you to them for doing that shout out to them i agree uh it sounds like um she keeps doing really really cool stuff to She's a, to give she's back. a very cool lady. Yep, she yeah. really does. We got to get her on. Oh, that'll be a fun fun hour or six, seven hours. Yeah, let's get her on. <laughs> we'll run with it. Um, nobody can tell us that we have to get off air. So That's true. We can go as That's long true. as we want. And Chrissy, we got wine, so we're all set. <laughs> Again, thank you, Sean, for coming on. Check out Yoga 2.0. I'm definitely going to check it out. If you want to check it out with me, let me know. I'll go to class with everybody else. We can reserve yeah, spots. Put if, something together. If you know me, I'm not going to reserve a spot next to you, so you can't make fun <laughs> of me the whole time. It's supposed to be quiet in yoga studios. Uh -huh. um, but, yeah, I'm excited to check you guys out. Awesome. Again, congratulations. Thank you. See you guys next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. In three, two.